0: In crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We have the fastest growing influencer in the node space and nearly a five-year investor in XRP Mario, the node defender is back on this Thursday morning. Very excited to have you, Mario. We have an NFT deep diver and technical analysis expert, Jackie, the junior Goliath, and the youngest grandfather in all of crypto and day trading extraordinaire, Billy, the Chartmaster. Welcome to the program. So today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how BlackRock is moving into digital assets with a massive new partnership and how this connection goes much deeper than you would believe. Billionaires continue to back Bitcoin. We discuss why the biggest bears are shifting their sentiment and becoming bullish. Ethereum 2.0 upgrade from proof of work is delayed once again. What this means for crypto and when we can anticipate real change on the Ethereum network. We've got microchip implants that let you pay with your hand. Where can I sign up? And another class action lawsuit filed against the SEC by XRP enthusiasts. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So I'd love to just start it off by saying hello to everybody. I'm super happy with the group we have today. We'll start off with the No Defender. Welcome back, Mario. We missed you yesterday and I had some struggles running the stream, so I'm definitely glad you're here.
1: Well, let's see. Hopefully the stream today goes smooth. We'll get some nice transitions in. Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody's doing amazing. And by the way, it was not me that started that lawsuit since you kind of gave the hint <laughs> to everybody that I'm like a long-term XRP investor. It was not me that put that I'm not one of those enthusiasts, but I'll back it up for sure. So Mario, another
0: question I was thinking about is what is your seed phrase?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. So <laughs> tree, plants, uh sky, Beautiful. blue. Beautiful. <laughs> That's
0: awesome. We'll go to Jackie next. Jackie, good morning. How are you feeling on this Thursday?
2: Good morning. I feel great. I love Thursdays. Do you have oh, any updates here. on your
0: on your Lamborghini purchasing or
2: Oh my gosh! I actually have a hilarious story about that. I I was talking with someone in the academy yesterday, and she was like, "Is that really your Lambo? Did you really win that?" And I was like, "Oh man, if I did, I'd be out there racing it right now." <laughs>
0: right. I'm sure JV would be racing it right there with you. Yeah. We'll go to Billy next. Billy, how is vacation? I'm very interested to hear. You're at a new location this morning. We're very happy to have you.
3: Yeah, bro. I'm glad to be here, man. You're dude. You're the best host in the gang. Let me just tell you that number. One. <laughs> Number two, yeah, we're at Tybee Island with the family, man. So we're just kicking it right here on the beach. Look, see the condo. Beautiful. And it's called Freedom, baby. And
0: that's why I live in Tampa. Can't get me too far away from the beach. So I'm with you, Billy. I'm right with you. We'll roll into our articles for the day. We're going to start off by showing the 3TGM crypto account on Twitter. We've got 523 people following us today. We broke above that 500 mark. Very excited to interact with you guys, and we're going to continue growing this channel. Our next goal is 1,000 followers, so we're going to keep you guys updated on that. We've got the Crypto Fear and Greed Index. We climbed out of extreme fear, and we're showing a 28 this morning. Still sitting in that fear range, a possible time for accumulation. Lots of bearish sentiment out there, but nothing too noteworthy. So we're going to continue into the total coin market cap. We've got $1.88 in global market cap this morning. Bitcoin is sitting at 41% dominance. Ethereum is at 20%. Bitcoin is sitting at $40,500 this morning. Ethereum is over three grand. XRP is at that 72 cent range. Great time to be accumulating, in my personal opinion. Cardano is back below a dollar at 94 cents. AVAX is $78. Kronos is 41 cents. Stellar is still below that 20 cent mark. And we'll go down to Hedera Hashgraph, which is back below 20 cents. I really love Hedera, and I've been seeing so much positive news. So we'll kick it to Billy here. Is there anything you're watching this morning or you think our listeners should be aware of?
3: You know, I was watching the Bitcoin charts uh, this morning because, you know, everything moves with Bitcoin. And even though we, we, we've had a little down cycle, we're still up in the market as far as the trend line. If you look at the, even the yearly, monthly chart that we're doing, you can see the slow uptrend. It's still not breaking the, the trend up, and as long as we can keep this uptrend going— I think we're going to be positive. We just have to maintain that, that trend.
0: And we continue to create higher and higher levels of support. We've yeah. seen it throughout this entire year. And for us not to dip back below that $30,000 range, I think it's very bullish for the whole market, not just Bitcoin. Jackie, is there anything that you've been watching this morning?
2: I'm muted. Um, not anything in particular, like Billy said, Bitcoin sets, you know, sets the tone of the market. So I'm not really looking into anything right now. I'm more, I'm more looking at NFTs right now. Cool. of, Yeah, kind of making some passive income on that route while I'm waiting around.
0: Totally. Is there any specific projects you've been
2: watching? Guys, that that little sneaker man has been making me making me some money. The the step in NFT and that nice. coin, their community token GMT, has gone off like a rocket. Um, gosh, I want to say over the past couple of weeks, it's come back down a little bit now. No, but, but it
0: has. Yeah, that's that's amazing.
2: Yeah, GMT GST too. GST is what you earn. Um, that one's gone off like crazy also. So.
0: That's awesome. So, just to let people know, what she's talking about is this NFT where they pay you for walking. Basically, can you just inform people really quick how that works, Jackie?
2: Yeah. So, um, Steppin is a it's a sneaker NFT. It it is built upon Solana blockchain. So, you can download their app and buy their buy their NFT right off of the marketplace that they've created. Um, you can get it at a couple other places as well, but you can buy a sneaker that walks, jogs, or runs. You have to stay in a certain um, mile per hour range. And then, yeah, you just get paid for the time. You have to be outdoors too. So you get paid for the time that you're outside um, walking, jogging, running. So it's great. It gets you that exercise and also pays you for it. So it's it's so
0: interesting. Like all these new ways to generate income. I think we're just going to see more and more of that going forward. I remember I was reading an article a few weeks ago on the Cosmos blockchain where it said that they can put something on your door. And every time you go through that door, you're going to make like two cents. So there's just going to be more and more of these opportunities to make money as the real jobs start to get replaced by technology. So we'll hop into our first tweet for the day, and a lot of people are wondering about the title of our video. This is where that derives from. We have a tweet from BitBoy where it says, I'm calling this officially a standard bear market at this point. I don't think Bitcoin dips below 85% like normal because it didn't reach max euphoria. Save this and meme it later, but the ETH merge pushed back indicates that there's going to be a bumpy ride. He's saying that this Ethereum 2.0 migration being uh, hindered and, and not coming about in June is going to affect the entire market. I'd like to go to the node defender here. Do you think we're in a bear market, and do you agree with BitBoy?
1: Uh, it's a weird narrative. I mean, I've, I've been saying this for for a few months now that it doesn't really matter. Like, uh, you, you should just be prepared for whatever comes from the market. I think that short-term, it's, it's a really dangerous place. For you to be in mentally if you're trying to really figure out or determine whether we're in a bear market or the bull market because the this this cycle is proven to be different and you guys spoke about this on the show yesterday how the four-year cycle is 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 broken it's not the same as it as it was so we're kind of in a new phase we've had a lot of adoption uh, we've had a lot of institutions come in that could be playing a part the market itself is maturing so therefore we could be seeing just a uh, A new trend. Um, I would say, I would say, because it's something that I'm doing personally. Just have your exit strategy in place. Just know where you want to sell, know where you want to buy. So if the market dips and you have money to put into the market, then you should feel confident in putting money into the market. If the market goes up and you have an exit strategy, you should be definitely exiting and taking profits. I think that getting caught up in the mindset of whether we're in a bull market or bear market right now might not be the best thing, just because of how uncertain it is. I mean, we 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 look at the fear and grid index. We see it go to the greed. We see it come back down. I mean, last week we're in greed. This week we're in extreme fear. Back again. Yeah. It's like <laughs> I don't think I don't think I don't think the market itself knows where it wants to go. We keep seeing Bitcoin just kind of bounce. It's almost. I mean, I know that we know that crypto market is volatile, but it's almost like it feels like a manipulation. At least that's the feeling I've been getting.
0: And the, what I look at is all these institutions publicly saying that they're adopting this stuff right now tells me that we're near a local bottom. We saw Michael Saylor purchase $200 million worth of Bitcoin at $45,700, and we saw tons of institutions like Tesla and MicroStrategies buying Bitcoin and having an average price of $30,000. So it tells me for us to get below that price point in the future They're going to have to get through a ton of institutional buying, and I just don't see that happening. But I'd like to go to Billy next and get your opinion on where we are in Bitcoin. And do you think we're going into a bear market, or are we just ranging here?
3: Honestly, I have to agree with Mario 100%. I think we're just ranging right now. I don't think we're going to dip as far as we have, because so much volume is coming in. Adoption's coming in. uh, We're waiting on regulations. And you you can see the fundamentals of the market changing. People are moving even out of the stock market. Or they're moving long-term holds out of the stock market, moving into into the crypto space. So that's very significant when you're moving long-term holds like that and going into the market. I totally agree. I think we are at the bottom or near the bottom. Uh, I think we're going to have a turnaround, but this is a crazy cycle. Um, I know I've only been in the market a couple of years as far as crypto, but this is this is different. Just it's the feelings different, the energy's different, the adoption's different. Um, just everything is different about this. I, I do think we have an explosion coming. But it's just like with everything else. Everything's going to be dependent on these regulations because no one wants to put their entire portfolio or their company's entire <laughs> assets.
1: <laughs> That's all right. That's all right, Billy. All right. I don't think he agrees with you, no Billy. Put, yeah, <laughs> no one
3: wants to put all their assets into one thing if regulation hadn't been set, because then you know you have a lot, a lot of liabilities at hand. So yeah, apologize about the poodles.
0: No, you're all good, man. Trust me, I have a dog, so I understand. But something that I was looking at is that $30,000 price point. We haven't even approached that since last July. And every single time we do, we get a really, really strong bounce. So I'd like to go to Jackie and get some closing comments on Bitcoin. Because our next article, we're going to talk about regulation and how that's going to open the doors for institutions. So Jackie, the floor is yours.
2: Um, I was just noticing that comment in the chat by Crypto Gang. Mm -hmm. Um, He says, you guys are underestimating the big time... Uh, Wales had more control of the market back then, but with Metaverse and NFTs in the market now, it's a perfect balance because it's always being used. I We've talked about that a lot on um, my calls that I have with Selman and Gonzo. That's it's so true. The money is a lot more dispersed now, so it that that could definitely be a big possibility of why we're not seeing similar market cycles like we have in the past. Um, I know a lot of other influencers have touched on that as well. That the market's dispersed off into you know gaming, metaverse, play to earn, NFTs. So you know we're not getting that big influx of of money like we've had from retail investors. Retail investors are kind of dabbling with 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 gaming stuff. Right. So that, that could be a a big possibility. Um, as far as Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, I agree with everything that was said. We, you know, we're not seeing macro trend lows like we discussed. So that's, it's, it's comforting in that sense, but also with, you know, with that big influx of money too, maybe, maybe that is why the retail investors just you know, they look at Bitcoin as something out of sight. At the, you know, nothing. It, they're un, It's untouchable at this point. So they're like, "Well, I'll go play." You know, I'll go step in with my sneaker and earn a little, a little bit of yeah. money here and there.
0: I'm with you, Jackie. And what's so um, interesting? Oh, go ahead, Billy. No, I was just gonna
3: say, think about how many people are hoarding cash right now, too. If you look at how much money's being printed, how much people have just holding, they're waiting. Like they're, they're wanting to go, they're trying to get just
0: thinking about when are we going to flip the switch? That's my real question because that's what I'm waiting on here and I'm totally kidding. But when I look at what's happening with Bitcoin now, we see that micro Strategies has 130,000 Bitcoin. We see that Tesla has $43,000, uh, 43,000 Bitcoin. And we see that Terra Luna has 40,000, 40,000 Bitcoin. So what that tells me is 1% of all the circulating supply lies in those three institutions. And all of those companies have said that they're long-term hodlers. So that just creates higher and higher levels of support. And as we see more institutions adopting this long-term mindset of hodling the actual asset, there's going to be less and less Bitcoin circulating in the open market and less pressure from selling. So I do think that we are not in a bear market. I think that we're at a local bottom and we're going to continue to see bullish momentum going forward. But we'll hop into our next article for the day where we have BlackRock newest investment paves the way for digital assets on Wall Street. I also want to say, if you guys are enjoying this content, please show us some love and smash that like button. All social medias are linked below. And if you want more access to me, Johnny, Jackie, Mario, Billy, the list goes on and on. The best place to do so is at the 3T Warrior Academy, where you get access to all of us. And you can see us deep dive on a lot of these projects, even more so than we're doing here. But we'll continue with five years ago, BlackRock chairman Larry Fink famously called Bitcoin an index of money laundering. Well, his sentiment has massively changed over the past 12 months. Now that we have BlackRock partnering with Circle to manage their primary cash reserves of $50 billion in assets. These assets are running on blockchains such as Ethereum, Solana, Algorand, Stellar, Avalanche, and many more. Circle and Coinbase are actually partnered. So this partnership connects BlackRock, Coinbase, and Circle together. But there's something really interesting I found in this article. It says this partnership is so noteworthy because BlackRock owns 7.3% of MicroStrategies, so it already has exposure to Bitcoin hodling that's going on right now. I'd love to kick it around the group and just get some thoughts on BlackRock publicly getting involved. We'll start with the Node Defender. Do you think this is bullish for Bitcoin or does it go broader and, and is this going to affect the entire market?
1: I think it's broader. The first thing that comes to mind is the fact that USDC keeps being this uh, leader as far as, as far as adoption in the stablecoin space. They, they already started with a very solid foundation, you know, with Circle and Coinbase being involved. And now that BlackRock is basically stepping in and also uh, making a partnership with Circle, uh, we, we still don't know. As, as the article says, the details have not been revealed about what the, that deal is. Um, but, you know, USDC is that number two stable coin. And it's definitely, in my opinion, the number one stablecoin that most people trust. I know that there's a lot of tethered, you know, there's a lot of FUD and, and, and uncertainty about how Tether is doing its backing. But USDC yep. is definitely that one coin that everybody looks looks at as a as a trustworthy. So it's, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. It's, it's definitely – we keep seeing just more and more adoption, which is bullish long-term. So whether in a bear market or a bull market right now, like I was saying before, it doesn't really matter because the adoption is just at the beginning. And as we keep saying, and you guys, again, you guys said it yesterday – Five percent of the world's population is invested in crypto so we're going to be in in a a very long-term bull market still so it's exciting
0: very exciting and it's really interesting that they actually applied to become a national bank so now blackrock is getting Mm -hmm. involved with becoming a bank in the crypto industry we'll go to billy and then jackie what are some of your thoughts on what blackrock's doing here and the connection to microstrategy circle and coinbase all in this article
3: I agree with Mario one hundred percent. It's definitely bullish all the way around. Anytime BlackRock gets involved with anything, it's like being knighted. Uh, you know, if they touch it, it's gonna turn to gold. It's it's just it is what it is. They're part of the crypto cartel family. Uh, like it's it, it's it's bullish. I, I don't follow BlackRock a lot just because I'm more into a little different area. Um, but yeah, it's one hundred percent bullish. Anytime they're into anything.
0: And what's important to know is that BlackRock has almost $10 trillion under management, so almost actually more than five times the total market cap of crypto alone. So when we see things like this, it really tells me that a lot of that wealth is going to begin shifting away from traditional assets like stocks, the housing market, whatever you want to say, and moving into the crypto space, whether it's DeFi or the actual assets. Jackie, what are some of your thoughts?
2: Um yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot of different thoughts running through my head right now so let's see if I can piece this together I <laughs> I definitely believe that this is you know they're they're forming um, they're forming what they want to become the the mainstream right so I definitely uh, to go off of what Mario was saying USdc USdc um, will be the chosen uh, stable coin ab- ab- above USdT because there's too many, I mean, they're all behind it, right? So, so BlackRock, um, also to add BlackRock, Fidelity, um, Fin Capital, they all entered into this, um, into this round, this investment round um, with, with, for for USDC um, with Circle. So I was just looking at that right now. They all entered um, for this first round. So I mean, all of those guys are, you know, they move together. So that's, it just confirms to me that, 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 you know, Coinbase will be the, the top exchange, um, USDC will be, you know, their the chosen stable coin. So definitely keep, keep an eye out on these things for, for people like us, for retail investors, you know, they say, stick with, stick with their, their strategies and, and, you know, maneuver your way through it.
0: And I think a lot of times people are confused with what they can be doing with this information to benefit themselves. So what I like to do is look at what these guys are doing and figure out ways that I can get involved in the same projects. And I thought it was noteworthy that Ethereum, Solana, Algorand, Stellar, and Avalanche are mentioned in this article because, of course, these large DeFi projects are going to get more volume over the next few years. And I always talk about this on the channel. Polkadot, Solana, AVAX, these are less than $30 billion in total market cap. And we have Ethereum sitting at $350 billion in total market cap. So just to get to where Ethereum is, a lot of these projects are going to have to do a 12X over the next two, three, five years. And I do think that's what's happening. And I think a lot of the big, big players in this market understand that. And that's why they're so comfortable marketing this stuff right now. We'll hop into our next article, which is also connected to the BlackRock article. We have Michael Saylor bullish on the promise of crypto regulation. MicroStrategy CEO calls the US Treasury's speech on digital assets a green light for the crypto economy. So we're running our business to be an intelligently leveraged spot Bitcoin ETF, Michael Saylor said, and the price of Bitcoin could hit 10 million or beyond. Now, let's take this all with a grain of salt here, but we'll read through the article and discuss what he's saying. Michael Saylor called Janet Yellen's recent address on digital assets, the single most important speech of the 21st century. That's a huge claim. He said that it's a green light for regulation to be rolled in. And when regulation comes in, we will see institutions get involved and we will see massive amounts of liquidity enter the crypto market. And we've actually seen Kevin O'Leary promoting this same concept of crypto becoming the 12th sector. So MicroStrategies currently holds 129,000 Bitcoins near, worth nearly $4 billion as of April 1st. And they, on their earnings call on February 1st, they said 110,000 of those 129,000 are are used as collateral right now and are able to generate yields and leverage within the market. That means they're going to be able to use this capital to promote themselves and actually get additional income off of the wealth that they have just sitting around. We'll start off with the node defender again. Did anything stick out to you about this article? And how do you feel about the BlackRock and MicroStrategy's connections?
1: Well, the fact that BlackRock is involved, that's, uh, you know, that's a huge connection. And we hear a lot of these institutions at some point in the past, they they were not for Bitcoin. And uh, some way or another, there's there's been ties and connections. And those are the things that investors should be looking at. Like you should be looking at what they're doing and not necessarily listening to what they're saying. Um, Michael Saylor, on the other hand, he's been an advocate for Bitcoin for a very long time. He continues to, to be an advocate, continues to push it. He meets with, with CEOs. He, he continues to push that narrative. I mean, he's he's either he's either into something that's going to be amazing for uh, as far as what he's in, you know how much he's investing, or it could go terribly wrong, right? <laughs> but yeah. I think that I think that we know that uh, Bitcoin, and you know, we get we get called Bitcoin maxis for some reason. Yeah, smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> but we get we get coin we get called Bitcoin maxis. Um, we're just. I, i'm 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 a pro crypto like i I see crypto as being this new um this new force as far as economy and and especially with with the new generations to come I mean I see my kids just they 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 play on 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 the iPad and they're they're just they just want to be digital constantly so it just makes sense that the economy goes digital for me so i I definitely think that Bitcoin is here to stay and it's not because I'm a maxi it's just because that's what that's what the narrative is telling me. That's the way that I'm interpreting the narrative. So whether I'm whether I agree with some of the things uh, as far as Bitcoin, whether I agree with proof of work and all the other different um, narratives that go around the Green New Deal, for example, and and the way that Bitcoin's not good for that. Yeah, we just have to we 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 have to be aware as investors that that's the way that this narrative is being pushed. Is being pushed as Bitcoin being the leader in the space. Is being pushed as Bitcoin no longer being. That original Satoshi vision of Bitcoin being a digital form of cash for payments, it's now being seen as a digital form of of store of value. So like a gold 2.0, for example. So, yeah, I just wanted to point that out, that whether you're a pro Bitcoin or not pro Bitcoin, as an investor in the crypto space, you should be looking at Bitcoin regardless as it's the leader in the space.
0: And when people say, oh, is Bitcoin going away? Actually, I want to take it back. I think it's so funny that people consider us to be Bitcoin maximalists because I am (laughs) a self-proclaimed XRP maximalist, guys. That's what I want to be known as. I'll make sure to rock more XRP t-shirts so that people understand that. But I am totally for a lot of these large cap altcoins being the predominant, you know, where people have the opportunity to make the most money over these next five years. We just understand that Bitcoin moves the market. And as we see more and more of the circulating supply, end up in the same hands of these long-term investors, it's only bullish for all of crypto. It's not just about Bitcoin. The reason we continue to talk about Bitcoin is because it's going to move the entire market. There was an interesting quote I wanted to read here before I kick it to Jackie, where Michael Saylor said, there's more than a 50% chance that Grayscale Investments has the inside track to gain first approval for a spot Bitcoin ETF. So once the door gets opened, we're going to see a flood of players come into this market and there are already futures ETFs that derive their value from actual spot ETF, so it's a whole backward system. The SEC is playing this totally incorrectly, but I'll kick it to Jackie here. What are some of your thoughts?
2: I think that's hilarious. Has more than a fifty percent chance um, that they have the inside track. Yeah, one hundred percent, because you have you have all those other guys backing you to push that narrative. Yeah. Um, I think I think this is hilarious. We just had that news um, come out about MicroStrategy. Gosh, when was that? I was like the beginning of April, MicroStrategy had used a loan um, yeah. against their Bitcoin holdings to purchase more Bitcoin, 200 million. Um, right. Mm-hmm. So, that's I mean, those those numbers you you were stating earlier, what was it? 129,000 and 110,000. That's guys, that's where they, you know, that's where they get all this money to continue to buy up Bitcoin. So, I was I was just looking at that um, yeah, two hundred million more. So they they, like he like he stated there, um, using that extra one hundred and ten were not even pledged as collateral. That's insane. Yeah, and they they, you know, that's probably exactly what he used it for was to to buy the loan and and buy even more Bitcoin, scooping it up like crazy. So that's kind of seeing stuff like this, guys, that's where I, I get comfort within knowing that I don't think that we're going much lower because if they're putting in their buys at these levels with so much, and like you said, there's only so much more left in, in circulation. It's just, you know, I kind of, that's, that's what people have to realize and see. And I'm, I know I'm focused on like price right now with where I'm going with this speech, but, um, mm-hmm. I always, I kind of zoom out and look at that. Like the potential downside is far less than the potential upside, right? Don't let people scare you out of the market. Watch what they're doing.
0: Exactly. And when we saw Michael Saylor purchase those $200 million worth of Bitcoin, the price he paid was $45,700. So him being willing to take such a big investment at Mm -hmm. those prices, even though we're below those levels now, it tells me he believed we were in some form of a local bottom but I do want to kick it to Billy and get some thoughts. I just wanted to point out that Michael Saylor said Bitcoin could disrupt the commercial real estate market and that could potentially take its market cap to 100 trillion dollars. Listen, they don't put time frames on this stuff, so sure mm. in 20 in 20 years we could see a 100 trillion dollar total market cap for Bitcoin. I can play that game. But what I do like that he that he pointed out is that it's a competitor for real estate. It, look at Bitcoin like 21 million virtual plots, right? Satoshi has 100 million in his wallet. Those will not be touched. That I'm not sure people know that. So you can take the circulating supply down to 20 million. And then there's only been 19 million mined. So there's only about a million Bitcoin left to be mined and put into circulation. There's going to be less and less Bitcoin being sold in the market and more and more long-term hodlers. That's what this points out here. And Michael Saylor is saying, it's not only a digital gold, it's digital real estate. What are some of your thoughts, Billy?
3: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. A couple things. There's definitely more than a 50% chance that they have the inside scoop. Let's go ahead and just be real with, with that. We were talking about it earlier. Once you achieve so much power and so much money, you you have friends in high places and you know things before the people are going to know. Uh, the cool thing about the crypto is, yes, it could be huge in the real estate aspect of it. And just think about smart contracts. If I was to put a smart contract on my house and every time that house got sold, you know, I was to receive 1%. Um, People are going to pay that, you know, they're not going to not buy a house or not sell a house, especially with the world and the way we are now, interest rates going up, the inflation going up. It's almost impossible to buy a house, at least moving forward for the average person. Um, So, yes, I very much think that we could see crypto explode into the real estate market. How that looks, I don't know. But as long as there's value in something and someone's willing to pay for it, uh, you can absolutely use it for something something else. Um, and then I want to touch on something that Jackie was talking about earlier too. When we're looking at these projects and, and we're looking at them at a micro, macro level, you have to know what you're in it for. If you're in it for the short term, uh, look at it on a micro level. If you're in it for the long term, look at the macro level. Because if you go in and you look at these um, different, I call them candlesticks, if you look at them in different time frames in different areas, it's going to tell you different things. That's why when we pull back, we know the market's going to be coupled with Bitcoin until it's not. It just is what it is. It doesn't matter if you're a maxi, non-maxi. The fact of the matter is, the market is coupled with Bitcoin, so we have to look at Bitcoin to see what it's doing. Um, and then, like I said, until we become decoupled from it, and then when I go back to Bitcoin, we continue. If you look at it from a macro level, just like I've said earlier, you know, we haven't broke that thirty thousand. I don't think we'll go back down to it, and we'll continue to make higher lows. That's key indicators that you know we're showing growth on a trend line. Uh, But, yeah, you just got to know what kind of investor you are. Me, I'm not a Bitcoin maxi, 100% to the day I die, I will keep my XRP. I don't care if it goes to zero. 100, I'll be buried with my my hard wallet, everything. So, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it.
1: I just wanted to add something real quick, Billy. You nailed it as far as the perspective that people should be taking, you know, when looking short term and long term. And I just wanted to add something else, too. It's a fact that there's a lot of cryptocurrencies that offer uh, that are much better as far as the use case that they offer. But we've been hearing that Bitcoin is going to go to zero since its inception. And here we are 13 years in and it's still not gone to zero and yet continues to be the, the cryptocurrency that gets the most adoption and the most spotlight. So that's the way I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it from that perspective. The fact that it continues to be the, the this this driver of the market and not taking away the fact that there's a lot of other cryptocurrencies and technologies to even mention Ethereum that have a much bigger and, and, and more broad um, use case, but yet Bitcoin continues to be this driver. And yes, I am more, I am an XRP maxi more than I am Bitcoin and any other coin. I love XRP. I've been investing in since 2017. So XRP to the moon before Bitcoin to the moon, but again, as as retail invest as retail investors or as investors in general, we just have to be aware of these things. That's just my opinion. And just to
0: tie it back to this article, Mario, what you said is actually perfect. Michael Saylor had a quote here where he said, all the people who thought Bitcoin was a Ponzi scene are getting silenced. All the people that said it's it's perfect and too good to be true and the government will take it away from me, they're silenced as well. So I thought that was very important to point out because you brought that up. And I think that a lot of people are starting to realize this, this narrative of Bitcoin going to zero or going away or not, not uh, complying with environmental standards, it's fading into the background and more and more retail investors see these narratives roll out and they don't get scared. I know for me personally, when I used to see the Chinese Bitcoin news that they were going to ban mining, that used to freak me out. And now I anticipate it. Whenever we go into a bear market, I know that narrative is going to be regurgitated as a way of scaring retail investors out of their Bitcoin and then allowing these big guys to accumulate at low prices. But we'll hop into our next article where we have billionaire David Rubenstein on why he changed his mind about crypto. We are hammering the billionaires this morning because we want to show you guys that this market is just growing. And it's not only growing in market cap, it's growing behind the scenes with adoption from large hedge funds and billionaires like David Rubenstein. He manages over $300 billion within his Carlyle Group, which he created himself. And he believes that the genie's out of the bottle with crypto. The industry is not going away anytime soon. He's also a trustee for the World Economic Forum. He was a little bit skeptical in the beginning because I figured there's, nothing, there's no underlying value in this market. But now it's clear to me that many younger people don't think there's much underlying value in the dollar or the euro either. It's very interesting. Johnny Crypto always talks about this. In 1971, when we de the dollar from being correlated to gold. That was the beginning of the end for the U.S. dollar, right? We've we've driven this train for 50 years now. We're seeing rapid inflation, 8.5% reported. I want to go on record in saying I believe that number will be double digits very, very soon, before September of this year. So we're seeing more and more people shift away from the dollar and into assets that aren't correlated to governments. And to see David Rubenstein, a heavy, heavy critic of Bitcoin and crypto as a whole, start promoting this stuff, it makes me very bullish. I'd love to kick it around the group. I guess we'll start with Jackie what are some of your thoughts on this $300 billion asset manager coming out and promoting Bitcoin as a way to get away from governments?
2: Man, uh, gosh, hearing hearing that he was part of the World Economic Forum, that kind of like stunted me. I hate, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't say hate, but that definitely perks up my ears when I hear that someone's a part of that group. Um, just because, man... Yeah, they're all just being controlled by by some narrative and and pushing their own narrative. So I I mean, that's you know that's the narrative until it's not right. We see all these things about it, it not being good for the environment. Um, it's not following the green bill, things like that. You know, eventually, guys, that that is completely going to turn on its head, and they're going to say, "Oh wait, it is a lot more um, environmentally friendly than we thought." We just ran this test, you know. So seeing stuff like that, I don't know, you you definitely have to take with a grain of salt. You definitely have to be like on your toes when you're when you're reading stuff like this, especially when you see big titles like World Economic Forum and BlackRock and Fidelity and, you know, micro strategy, things like that. So so I definitely try to look behind what what's being pushed in that narrative. Um, you know, every time I'm looking at the World Economic Forum, I'm I'm thinking about their their headline of you will earn nothing and be happy by 2030. So whatever they're saying at that point in time, you know, it almost, you know, I, the thing on Bitcoin, I'm still, I'm still up in the air about it. Is it good? Is it bad? Should I get in? Should I get out? You know, whatever. But as far as, as far as a whole, yeah, you kind of, you have to take two for what it is. So, you know, for them to say all of a sudden now they're on board with it, but before they weren't that definitely, I mean, we were going the opposite direction before, right? We were all getting on board. So now that they're saying like, Hey, it is a good thing. I don't know. Did we, did we beat the rest of everyone else to it? Or is there an underlying um, narrative here? Right. So we're kind of, you kind of just have to be on your edge. And I know that's not very comforting the words that I'm saying, but I am, I'm, I'm just saying err on the side of caution as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. And he said, having some cryptocurrency probably enables you to feel better, that you have something outside of government's control. What's been so interesting to see over the past two years is we've seen rapid, rapid inflation take place in countries like Lebanon or Iran, where their currencies basically went to zero. There were runs on the bank. We even saw a glimpse of it in Canada. But the World Economic Forum connection is very interesting. We know they're going carbon neutral. We know that's going to be one of the major narratives for the next 10 years or so. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on that. I'd like to go to Mario next. How do you feel about Rubenstein saying the crypto market is here to stay?
1: Well, he's just another example of what we were discussing earlier. Like the, these, these people that kind of, or these billionaires, I should say, uh, people with some kind of influence, previously not being pro-crypto and now starting to be pro-crypto, um, you know, specifically talking about the market as a whole and, um, you know, stating that it's not going anywhere. I, I don't really have much to add. We talk a lot about this on the channel. Um, it's just, it's just another one of those that comes out and says, Hey, look, it's here to say, and at some point they said it's going to zero. So yeah, not much to add there. And we can
0: add, just add him to the list of Mark Cuban, Kevin O'Leary, Michael Saylor, all these billionaires. And I can go on and on coming out in the last couple of months and promoting this stuff. And of course it's not what he's saying. It's the timeframe he's saying it. in. why do you think he's choosing to Mm. say it at this particular time while we have all these whales accumulating? I believe that a lot of these guys want to be looked at as historically correct. So that's why I think it's so important to bring our listeners this information during this particular time as we watch the big boys flood in and the big guys become more and more bullish. So we're going to hop into our next article, which is the Ethereum merge pushed to quarter three as the final chapter of proof of work looms. Ethereum has continued to disappoint on executing on their timeline. The Ethereum merge that forms a key part of the so-called Ethereum 2.0 upgrade has been delayed until the later half of 2022. It was planned to be in June but it won't be until a few months after that date. They have no firm indication of when it will take place, but they did say that they are in the final chapter of proof of work on Ethereum. I am still bullish on Ethereum. I am still bullish on the crypto market as a whole, and Ethereum plays a major part in that, but they've continued to disappoint on whether they they set out these timeframes. I remember 2016, 2017, them saying they needed this shift to take place at some point. And here we are six years later, and they continue to move the deadline, and they continue to push out the date but I don't understand why these companies put out deadlines in the first place. If they're not going to be held accountable. So we'll start off with Mario here. How do you feel about them missing this deadline? Not even giving us some guidance on when the the next potential launch or change could be.
1: Yeah, I think that, I think that the issue, can you guys hear me? Okay. Something just popped up on my screen. We can hear you. Perfect. Um, So I think, I think the issue here is the fact that they gave a timeline to begin with, you know, they kind of set an expectation, that it was going to happen on this day or around this, uh, you know, in this quarter or around this time frame, And that's where the issue begins because from a development standpoint, I mean, uh, you mentioned Ethereum was what at a, at a 350 billion market cap. Yep. So, so let's think about that for a second and how, how Ethereum is moving from a proof of work to a proof of stake. That's big. That's a big change to the, to the system. So, it's a lot of responsibility to make this migration or to make this merge, as they're calling it, as smooth as possible without it being a catastrophe. I mean, there's 350 billion dollars worth of, of of market capitalization on that on that asset, so they they need to make sure that this this is smooth. So I think the issue here is the fact that they're giving a time frame. I wish they would just come out and say, "We're working on this. Um, we don't have a time frame. As soon as we do, and it's more solid, then we'll release it." and Flare is a perfect example flair said that they were going to release last year around june they didn't that didn't happen then they said they came out with songbird the test net uh, and and then yeah. they said it's going to be towards the end of the year that didn't happen and you see that's what upsets investors is the fact that they're giving some kind of expectation of when it's going to happen and then it doesn't happen so i think these things take time especially when it comes to Ethereum. I mean, there's just so much that they have to work on. Um, they should just maybe not give any kind of timeframe.
0: And there's over 500, I think there's over 5,000 tokens running on the Ethereum EVM right now. So we had a comment here and we always see this guy, bullish, BK, whatever. He said, Ethereum is a scam. We I actually want to address this because Ethereum was... Chosen by Simpson and Thatcher to be promoted as a legal means of transaction. It's not a registered security. So when he does say Ethereum is a scam, I understand where those people are coming from because it was chosen and given guidance. But what I'd like to put in put into light is that it's not a scam. There's still use cases, there's still DeFi, there's still all these tokens running on the network. There's so much value there. It's not a scam. It's just that the game was rigged for Ethereum. So I just want to clarify there. We'll kick it to Billy next. Billy, what are your some of your thoughts on Ethereum missing this deadline? But continuing to promise that this upgrade is going to take place, and they're in their last phase of proof of work.
3: Unfortunately, uh, when you Mario hit the nail on the head too. When you start putting uh, end dates on projects, you set yourself up for um, accountability measures, um, and and usually accountability that is is derivative of your price. Something's going to happen to your price, and as soon as you see this, you see Ethereum take a little hit. You know they had a little pullback. Uh, I agree, one hundred. I can't say it enough. Just say you're working on a project. We did the same thing with Ada Cardano. You know, they kept missing deadlines and endpoints. Just say that you're working on a project. You're looking at, I wouldn't even give it a month. I don't even know that I would give it a quarter. Just say we're working on this to finish this. Um, Because if you miss that endpoint, unfortunately, your your holders are going to be affected with the price. And that's just what it is. And that goes back to what we were saying earlier. Don't get scared and flooded out of the market. Understand what kind of investor you are and know that this is part of Part of it, you know, you're going to have setbacks, you're going to have pullbacks, you're going to have accumulations, you're going to have sideways movement. Um, Just know that you're in in it for the long haul, but for the love of God, I wish they quit putting dates out there and just say we're working on a project. And we help. do have
0: some, some really cool articles coming up. We're going to talk about ADA. We're going to talk about Elon Musk trying to purchase Twitter, but we're also going to talk about a microchip they want to put in your hand to make purchases. So I know our listeners will find that interesting. And we're going to tell you where you can go and sign up to be a test monkey for these people. But before we do that, we're going to hop into our Twitter. Uh, Elon Musk trying to purchase Twitter here. Elon Musk offers to buy Twitter for $41.39 billion after they removed him from the board of directors last week. This is his response saying, I'll buy the whole company and run the whole damn show. I actually like Elon Musk. There's a lot of conspiracies about is he a good guy, is he a bad guy? Me and Jackie were talking about that before the podcast, but I'd love to hear what our opinions are. Uh, We'll go right back to Billy. Billy, what are some of your thoughts on what Elon Musk is trying to do here? And do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing for crypto? Uh,
3: I don't know so much for crypto. I know for free speech, it's an amazing thing. Uh, I think he will crash that thing down with bricks around everybody if they don't get in line with what he's doing. He set himself up if they don't come in line he's gonna, he's going to crash twitter and i think he will do it uh, as far as crypto i don't know how that will affect crypto per se but as far as free speech yeah i think i think he's i think he's a superhero but that goes into what we were talking about earlier like to have that much power and to be in that level of a position you got some closets you got some skeletons in the closet somewhere but i'll right now, a a
0: oh go ahead billy sorry
3: no, I was just saying right now he's a superhero with a cape because he's smashing Twitter for me.
0: But 100%. I've liked Elon. I've been following Elon since I was in high school, so it's been a while now, and I always found him to be super interesting. He's gotten a little bit less awkward these past couple of years. He's gotten better at the public speaking, so I think that's interesting. But seeing him be a man of the people and promote the free speech opportunity and a possible takeover of the most popular social media platform on the planet, it's pretty exciting for people like us who are who are promoting free speech even though we do understand that there needs to be guidelines for bad people out there, we do need to remove content that's disgusting because that does happen on these platforms. So there does need to be some form of regulating, but free speech should be open. Opinions on your politics, opinions on, on things of that nature. And this is a dangerous conversation to have, but I do believe that people have that right, especially in this country. So let's go to Mario next. What are some of your thoughts on what Elon Musk is doing here?
1: I think Billy nailed it. Uh, he's definitely, this is a positive thing for free speech, at least because he's been advocating for, for it quite a bit. Uh, there was, there was some hints that he may, he may move towards building his own platform. Right. But then the next week, then he comes out saying that he, uh, he invested, he bought Twitter shares and now he made an offer to completely buy Twitter. So I don't know. He's one of those characters, at least for me, I, I have a very hard time defining what, what kind of a persona he is as far as his intentions. He just, he's very confusing, right? He's very confusing to kind of read. And you don't know if he's all love or if he's, I don't know if he's got like these second motives, but um, the one thing that I wanted to say as well, uh, it, it doesn't have anything to do with Elon Musk, but uh, to those people listening, you guys, I'm sure you guys have, have heard us uh, many times mentioned the fact that we have these calls like a call with Jackie or a call with Selman. So I just wanted to say that those are private calls that we have within the academy. Those are calls that you can join in uh, as a warrior. Um, If you're subscribed, you can join in. Uh, We have calls literally every single day of the week and uh, we go over tech. Jackie goes over technical analysis with Selman and Gonzo. Uh, We do AMAs, helping people really hands-on getting their crypto 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 education in order so i just wanted to make sure because I, I always hear us mentioned the calls and i i think there's some people that may not be a part of the academy and maybe don't know what that is and so if you're interested um there's the link down here 3 twarrioracademycom uh you can sign up check us out we've got tons of courses you get to you get to see us on a more frequent basis not just here on the stream but you get to see us on those calls and ask us personal questions too
0: And if you guys are enjoying this content, show us some love and smash that like button. That's going to help the algorithm pump this out so we can help more people learn this valuable information. And if you're entering the market now and you're looking for a more fundamental understanding of how to navigate the crypto market, the best place to do that is at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. And we have a one specific call called the AMA call hosted on Tuesdays where people come in and they ask us any question. No such thing as a stupid question. We take all the time necessary to go through everyone's questions and provide as much value as possible. That's why we're always promoting our program. We want to help you guys, and we only promote things that we're participating in, so that's why we bring it to you. We're going to hop into our next article, which is an ADA article. ADA's top whales back their largest percentage of supply held in two years. 46.6% of circulating supply is held by whales with over 10 million ADA tokens in their wallet. This is humongous. Another example of whales accumulating and hodling long-term, which is going to do positive this from a price action standpoint we'll start to j- with jackie here i know johnny crypto is a huge advocate for cardano because it has the most developers working on their platform so for us to see large investors with over 10 million tokens hodling for the long term it tells us a lot about what we can expect in price action going forward so how do you feel about ada right now and do you hold any ada uh, you're muted
2: dang it i do that sorry um yeah, I feel I feel really good about ADA. I do hold ADA. Um, I do think that it is a, a great project. Um, I know there's so many conflicting views out there about Cardano, about Ethereum. Um, but for me, guys, I'm you know I'm not married to any one of these. I'm not married at all. But <laughs> I'm not married to any one of these cryptos because you know there's always there's always a top person and then everyone else is biting at the heels to make, to get in that place. But if you're betting on, you know, if you're betting on the top movers or the top people in the space, you have a, you know, you you have a better chance at hitting the target. Right. So, so I, you know, I love all these projects that are coming out. I think they're all doing great things. Um, whether they meet their mark, um, that's, that's one thing that's where, that's where patience and time and waiting and, strategic investing comes into play, right? We just talked about Ethereum pushing back their their deadline for the merge. We're seeing that with every project. We talked about that. But but I will say one thing to look at as well is, is who's holding the most bags and, and the community of a project. You know, that's, that's kind of the biggest thing in crypto right now. We're seeing that with NFTs too. Like a lot of it does depend on community because, you know, Cardano has one of the best communities in the crypto space. These people are staking. They're holding long term. They're not going to sell their bags. And when it comes to crypto, that's all that matters. You know, who's selling and who's buying? That's all it comes down to. So if you have a community that's holding on to more than 50% or about 50% of the tokens, and they, you know, they're for sure holding and not selling any of it. Hey, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good investment. You know, if you can trust them, that's another thing. But That's Yeah, that's all I really have to say say about it is kind of from a strategic standpoint, that's a good thing to look at as well.
0: And we've continued to reiterate like on this channel the past few weeks that a large of these large DeFi projects, these altcoins such as AVAX, Polkadot, Solana, Matic, ADA are going to be some of the biggest performers for the next few years. And that's why I think so many large players in the market are backing this stuff publicly. When we were in Miami and we listened to Jordan Belfort speak, What was the number one thing he said? That they're starting to bet on other projects that are not Ethereum, but are also DeFi related because they're only $30 in market cap, where they do the exact same thing as Ethereum, which is $350 in total market cap. We're going to see a lot of that value be transferred off of Ethereum and onto these other blockchains, and that's where people like us can profit. We'll go to the Node Defender next. What do you think about ADA, and are there any other projects that are large cap DeFi that you think people should be aware of right now?
1: I think the ADA is a really important one to keep an eye on. A lot of people were very upset with the fact that they just keep delaying and it's taking so long, but this goes back to what we were discussing in the previous article. It just, it, 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 to me, it, it seems like these things are, the, these these developments, I should say, take longer than expected. So if if you're doing your research and this is a big sign, the fact that they have such a good, tight community... That so much of the Cardano liquidity is locked up and they're not looking to sell. That's a big sign. And, and also other signs is like the development, as you guys have just discussed. Um, you know, it's it's the blockchain with the most development right now. Those are all signs. And so just just hold on to your Cardano. Um, if it's something you believe in. I like Cardano. And again, somebody might not like Cardano and that's totally fine. Just look like someone might not like Ethereum or might not like Bitcoin. That's totally fine. We're just here sharing our opinion doesn't mean you have to do exactly as we're doing,
0: right? 100%. <laughs> yeah. Mario, I want to keep the floor on you because we're going to skip to this Stellar article where we have MoneyGram launching on Stellar, which is XLM. We had a couple of our listeners want us to address this topic, so I'm going to let Mario yeah. do so now. Mario, what are some of your thoughts on MoneyGram launching on the Stellar network?
1: First thing that comes to mind is, as as I mentioned earlier, is how I started buying XRP in 2017. And I specifically remember when that MoneyGram announcement came out that they were working with Ripple. Man, XRP exploded. I was so happy. It was it was crazy. And now, fast forward, um, Ripple gets sued. MoneyGram says, "Hey, it's probably best we don't work together for the time being." And then they go and start working with Ripple's competitor. A lot of people don't look at them as competitors, um, but you know, for this for the sake of this article, they, it technically is it is that matter. So. They go and start working with Stellar. That was already announced. And it looks like now they're launching uh, finally. So it's, we had XRP Jenna, and she gave us a really good uh, insight as far as what she thought about XRP and XLM. And I think her exact words is that XRP is going to have that lead, but XLM is going to be the ultimate winner. Um, That was kind of her thoughts. So just putting that out there. Again, I'm still a bigger advocate for XRP, I would still rather see XRP be the, the bigger winner, I guess you could say, for the sake of my bags. Obviously, I am biased. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think either just have exposure to both.
0: 100%. And what I think is so interesting is that m- we always talked about Stellar being used for peer-to-peer transactions and XRP being used from bank to bank. So this mm. is a step in that direction of retail, getting more exposure to XLM. Jackie, I'd like to go to you and just get some thoughts. I know that Coinbase actually is a card. Where you can get 4% cash back in Stellar. So that's another opportunity for retail, a little off the off the cuff, doesn't have anything to do with this article, but I thought that was worth noting.
2: I'm just kind of smiling here because I know our entire team is, you know, we're all big, huge XRP advocates. But there's one guy in particular on our team I want to give a shout-out to, Jeremy. He loves XLM so much. Like to the grave, he will he will take his XLM. So I always smile whenever I hear like, you know, controversial things with XLM versus XRP and stuff like that. So I'm sure he's I'm sure he's smiling if he's watching right now. Jackie, and just to add
0: to what you said, Jeremy has Jeremy comes from banking and has over 15 years of banking experience. So for Jeremy to be backing XLM, I don't think it's a coincidence.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, and that's another thing that I love That's a huge advantage that we have here at the Academy, both Jeremy and JV come from a banking background. Yep. We have one guy really huge on XRP, one guy really big on XLM. So I do have to say, uh take Mario's advice you know kind of place your bets on both my two cryptos that I first ever bought were Xrp and XLM I threw those things on a ledger and I haven't touched it since smart and I won't touch it because I've screwed up the rest of my portfolio some sometimes here and there <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> That's no, awesome. but this is this is good stuff coming out man it makes me it makes me excited.
0: I want to switch gears here because we just have five minutes left. And thank you for that, Jackie. That was beautiful. But we have a very funny article here where it says, we have a microchip implant that lets you pay with your hand. I know the comments are going to start saying Mark of the Beast. And in some way, shape, or form, I do agree. I just think it's hilarious that they're rolling out this stuff and testing how retail and people like us are going to react. I'll tell you one thing. They'd have to hold me down to get me to put something in my arm like this. And I think it's just another step in the wrong direction of us moving into a society where your finances are tied to your opinions. If they don't like what you say about their political views or their banking views, monetary views, they'll shut down your finances. And this is one step in that direction. We'll start off with Billy here. Would you ever do this? And if so,
3: why? Hell no. (laughs) Not even just a no, but a hell no. Uh, Man, there's so many bad things with this. We could go from... A scientific side to a biblical side to just a common sense side. Um, if you said, just like you said a minute ago, if they want to shut your cash off, they can shut it off. But what if you say something on Facebook they don't like? What if you go against the mainstream that they don't like? This is this is crazy. I can't even begin to say crazy. Let me say crazy. <laughs> uh if you that, cross that, outside
2: that, the boundary of your house and they zap you? <laughs> yeah,
3: I've right? done enough by my wife. I'm not trying to have you going to do it too. Uh, <laughs> This is, this is a big, big no for me. And, and this is getting to dangerous areas um, of societal control. Like you think we're being controlled now. They start implementing this. And what's so bad is people are willing to do this just for complacency and um, just for ease. Uh, they don't understand the ramifications of this. Like You talk about losing freedoms and losing control. Giving it up like this is one of the quickest ways to do it.
0: I completely agree. And I'm curious as to why retail would even be willing to adopt something like this. We see what's happening in China right now, where they're using facial recognition drones in order to tax people on their central bank digital currency accounts. So they're telling people you're not allowed to go outside and they have drones in their cities scanning faces. And if you're caught outside of your home at an unregistered hour, they will directly find your central bank digital currency account. Nobody has to stop you. There's no physical interaction. There's no explanation process. They will just take money from your account We'll go to Mario here. What are some of your thoughts on this being the evolution of a modern day communism and how this is just another means of control to shut down purchasing power for retail?
1: Yeah, honestly, uh, all the things that you just said, I'm, I'm kind of, my, my brain's melting. I don't even want to think about it, but I know that it's important. We should be aware and should, you know, prepare. It's just something very scary to think of. Um. The amount of control that they would have i mean i'm totally fine with taking my phone out of my pocket and scanning it to pay i don't want something in my hand <laughs> that uh it, it's just scary to think about i i'll be honest it's not something that i do a lot of thinking of um so therefore it's it scares me <laughs> so i realize we got people in the team that are more into those uh things like like johnny crypto not pointing any names and and naming any it's fingers good. <laughs> pointing any names and naming any fingers. Right. But, uh, you know, I rely on, I rely, I'm, I'm grateful that we have people like that in the team that kind of see those things more for what they are. I'm a little more, I'm a little more, um, skeptical about him, but <laughs> it's scary.
0: It is scary, but I do think there's going to be a large resistance from people like us. I think the danger here is when people start to say, Oh, but this is what's best for us. Similar to what happened with the lockdowns where we shut down the economy, we shut down society. Sure, you can take these things short-term, but why would we start injecting ourselves with technology? I don't think we're there yet, and I I always like to follow technological evolution. So I've been following Neuralink recently, and they're making some massive updates. They had a monkey that could play a video game without any controls. He was playing Pong strictly with his mind. So this stuff's not far away. And for them to see see them implementing a chip that's the size of a grain of rice that's going to facilitate payments, it really shows me, yeah, this stuff may not be coming anytime in the next two or three years. But in the long term, this is what we're going to move towards. And retail, adopting this stuff is what really gets me nervous. But we're in our last minute here, so I'd love to close it out. We have a Ripple XRP enthusiast has filed a class action lawsuit on behalf of XRPL against the Securities and Exchange Commission, William Hinman and Jay Clayton. That's some cool news. We'll keep you guys updated on that. But I want to say thank you to the Node Defender Thank you to Jackie and thank you to Billy. I always enjoy doing this thing with you guys. And we continue to bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto information on a daily basis. If you enjoyed this content, show us some love and smash that like button. If you're looking for more access to these guys or to us, Twitter channels will all link below. So we'll close this thing out the same way we always do. We're going to send love and high vibrations to Coach JV. And we're going to (laughs) say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go.
3: Oh, the monkeys?